BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. In Hollywood, film and television writers represented by the Writers Guild of America, or WGA, are on the second day of a strike. It's the first such labor action in more than 15 years. And it could have a devastating economic impact on the industry if it continues. My California Report co-host Saul Gonzalez was out among the strikers and joins us now to talk about what he saw and heard. Hey, Saul. Hey, Marty. Listen to this. Hey, hey, go home. Corporate green has got to go. Hey, hey, go home. Corporate green has got to go. That's what it sounded like outside of Paramount Studios yesterday afternoon as hundreds of striking WGA members gathered to march with picket signs, where they were joined by some celebrities like actor Rob Lowe. The same scene was happening outside of other studio lots and production offices across Hollywood. The striking writers argued traditional compensation models for scripting movies and television shows have been upended in recent years, especially by the rise of streaming services like Netflix and Amazon. That means essentially more work for less money for those writing movies and TV shows. Outside of the Paramount lot, I talked about what's at stake with this strike with veteran film and television screenwriter John Rogers, who's also on the WGA's board of directors. The importance of this strike is the fact that when I started, you had a chance to have a viable middle class living in screenwriting. And over the years, particularly the last five to 10 years, that has been stripped away by the companies as they pursue this very short-term, quarter-to-quarter financialization Wall Street strategy. A lot of striking screenwriters I spoke with said that although their jobs might seem glamorous, they face the same financial hardships as so many other working Californians. Just listen to screenwriter Marcelina Chavira. I am in my late 30s. I would like to have kids, but unfortunately with the contract we have now, there's absolutely no way that I can afford children or buy a house or do anything that my parents or grandparents did uh, to provide for their families. Film studios and streaming companies say they're facing their own financial pressures to control and cut costs and just can't meet many of the writers' demands. Livable wage is under attack. What do we do? As for when this strike might end, no one knows. Madi? Thanks, Saul. That's my California Report colleague, Saul Gonzalez, in Hollywood. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free.
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Yesterday, we aired a story about the lack of affordable childcare options and how it's keeping women from joining certain industries. Today, KQED's Daisy Wynn explains a lot of that has to do with how little early educators are paid. It's six in the morning and Annette Nicholson is up with a cup of hot coffee, ready to welcome 10 children into her home at the end of a cul-de-sac in Stockton. Good morning. Nicholson lives on the north edge of town, where there are few childcare options for families. The parents who rely on her work irregular hours, or they need to drop off their kids early and commute long distance to the Bay Area. Throughout the day, Nicholson will read to the children, play with them, set them down for a nap, and answer questions like she's doing here with a five-year-old boy named Tyree. I'm still getting big like my dad. Yeah. One day you'll be a man, but you got a long time, not at five. You got to get 10 and then 15 and then 20. I'll be 20? She works as long as 10 to 12 hours per day, but she barely gets by. That's because running a licensed childcare business, which requires meeting strict health and safety standards, costs far more than what parents can afford to pay her. We provide all the meals, the location toys, the assistant, the education piece, the tools to go with that. Nicholson knows she can't charge parents more to cover all those expenses, so she essentially takes a pay cut. At 62 years old, she doesn't have enough savings to retire, and it's because her work has long been undervalued. People still kind of see us as, I'll say babysitters. That's really how they people look at us and not look at that we are actually the ones that are developing our next generation. Child care is a labor-intensive and essential service, yet people in the child care industry are some of the lowest-paid workers. Nearly all are women of color like Nicholson, and many are also immigrants. Recent data from a UC Berkeley survey found home-based child care providers in California earn as little as $16,000 a year. That's less than what a dog trainer makes. Those poverty-level wages are driving a shortage of early educators and the closures of numerous childcare facilities, leading to even longer wait lists for subsidized care. It's urgent that we take care of this now because, as many of our advocates have said, care can't wait. That's Eloise Gomez-Reyes, the majority leader in the state assembly. 
She's asking lawmakers to bump up the reimbursement rate for providers of subsidized childcare, basically giving them a raise. They're taking care of the most precious people in our lives, and yet we are not paying them enough to keep their doors open. She says because childcare workers' wages have historically been low, the increase will at least keep pace with the cost of living. A recently formed union made up of home-based childcare workers are going one step further. They want to overhaul the payment system to reflect the true cost of providing quality care. It won't happen overnight, but Nicholson says she hopes to see potential reform before she retires. You have to not only take good care of kids, you know, you got to love kids because kids can wear you down. And you have to even love them even more to know that you're not going to get what you deserve at doing this job. It's a, it's a lot of love you, <laughs> you have to give to stay in this industry. She hangs on, knowing that without her, parents can't go to work. For The California Report, I'm Daisy Nguyen in Stockton. And that's The California Report for Wednesday, May 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for The California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. Paint Care. Now, with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.